For the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome back, everybody, to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Thank you for all the downloads and participating on the Facebook page. Thanks for sharing all those great songs out there. With me, as always, Jason. What's going on, man? Hey, Brian. I am doing well on this nice, cold January 28th evening. How are you doing up in North Dakota? Uh, also cold. Also cold. It gets to the point where you don't really have to say the temperature. It's, it's fucking cold out there, man. I can't yeah. even imagine like going out to your car. Like, just how brutal it's got to be. Yeah. Well, I got a garage, so it's it's getting better. Well, <laughs> but you go, but you go to work or you go somewhere yeah. you park it. You got to come out. How stinking cold that is. Yeah. Oh, it's not good. It's not good at all. So we got a theme this week. We have a theme. We always this have week a theme, indeed. but went on to do her own solo career um you know it comes to mind grace slick that was not well that's not all girl rock band but i mean right certainly a very influential artist um later on the donna's babes in toyland for the heavy rock there um, the go-go's the bangles the go-go's, the go-go's had so much influence you know they're coming out of a, a punk scene you know out of la and and they're like the first first uh all-girl band to be you know, playing their own instruments, writing their own songs, and number one album certainly have a huge influence on a lot of musicians. You know, they ended up opening up for the Police, um, which is fantastic. Um, and then, you know, the Bengals, you know, throw them in there. Who am I forgetting? Vixen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, we got to include the metal, right? You got to include the metal, but you know we're we're mentioning all female rock bands because our guest on this podcast happens to be an all female blues based rock band out of New York City. They're called Jane Lee Hooker, which is obviously a play off of a tip of the hat to John Lee Hooker. Um, I came across this band. I was uh, had listened to someone else that's on Rough Records, and and whenever I like, I'm like find out the label of an artist i'll go and look at the artist you know the roster the artists and uh i usually look for a band name that sounds cool or a band that just looks like a band like yeah this is a band you know so i see jane lee hooker i'm like hey that sounds pretty cool man look at the picture like yeah they look badass they look great they look you uh, sound badass you got the they twin are badass hat. Yeah. yeah, and then I started listening to stuff, and then you hear their singer Dana, and she's just a powerhouse, just just 
blown away, just blown away. And you guys will hear all about that here. Uh, it's coming up, coming up right after our, our little intro here. What else do you want to add, Jason? Well, and I'll, let me step back too. It's like they were until about a year ago, an all female band, their original drummer, I guess left and they picked up one of their friends who happens to be male, but for our conversation and our theme, we are going to include them in as an all-female rock band because the lead singer, the lead guitar players, the bass player are all are all uh, um, the front and center. I like this band a lot, too. If you like blues music, if you're a traditional blues lover, there's enough stuff um, for you to like with them. If you're a rock person, guitar rock, 70s, 80s guitar rock, there's going to be things that you're going to find a lot, a lot of like dual solos. Um, um, you know, playing a lot of uh, guitar harmonies together. There's a really good song that we talk about called Mama Said where there's a great uh, guitar outro on there. So if you're a blues person, if you're a rock person, uh, check them out. They got a new single rolling. That's why they're on here to talk about it, which is which is super good, catchy arena rocker. Um, it's just great to just it's great to really, uh, you know, talk to this band and, and kind of find out what they're all about. And you guys are going to love this. I know uh, we always say that and because we're confident that it's true. So enough listening to us babble. Get ready to listen to Tracy Hightop and Tina Gorin from Jane Lee Hooker coming up right now. Back to this week's episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. As usual, I'm here with Jason, and he is going to introduce our guests this week. Thank you very much, Brian. We are extremely excited to have the guitar players from the guitar players from the New York-based blues rock band um, Jane Lee Hooker. We have Tracy Hightop and Tina Gorin. How are you guys doing? Hi, very well. We're great. So just tell us a little bit, like you guys started in 2015 um, and just kind of like how the band got together and, and how obviously, you know, your name is like a tip of the hat to John Lee Hooker. Absolutely. So, um, go ahead. <laughs> how we started? Yeah. Yeah. T-Bone, would you like to tell the story? It's of, like a <laughs> story. It, it starts back a lot of a lot of years where Tracy and I were in a band together um and uh she was on drums I was on guitar well how far back are we going because there was you on drums and I was on guitar and then there was another band where we were both on guitar with our drummer now our current drummer now was in that band and then Tracy was in a band with Mary and another band called the wives um I mean, that's how we met, how we got started in this band. You take it, Jay. Um, well, yeah, I drummed for, and uh, then this band called, uh, with T-Bone, with, uh, with Tina, and I said to her, man, you're amazing. And, and you know, I play a little guitar too. <laughs> 
So, you know, at that point I was drumming and, you know, all guitar players hear that from drummers like, oh, I can play a little guitar. And uh, then I said, oh, you know, we just decided we'd play together and we um, we formed this band called Hell Dorado. And um, I think we like just completely realized that together our guitar playing just was just something, un, you know, like. I had never experienced before. It was just so um, effortless to play with T-Bone. And, and, you know, that spark was lit a long, long time ago. And we went in different bands and went in different directions for a bit. And then we decided, hey, let's let's do something. Let's play some let's play some blues just for fun. And, you know, like maybe we'll play out every every quarter, you know, like four times a year. And we'll just take tons of guitar solos and play old blues classics, just really to, to take solos. That was the whole, <laughs> the whole incentive. And then we put the band together and then it just, it literally exploded. So, <laughs> um, you know, it just goes to show you, it's just all these old good vibes that continue to propel us to do stuff together. And, when we're really just trying to have as much fun as possible and we don't pay attention to what anything else things, things happen on their own. So it's, it's been a really remarkable lesson. So what is your scene like? I mean, New York city being huge and all like, a, you know, how can you possibly put it into words? Like where, where do you guys fit in? How are you accepted? How does, how does everything go down? God, I don't even remember. seriously it's it feels so long ago that we were anywhere in new york playing to anyone in new york Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to remember but um you know new york is not or it hadn't been the the music town that it was when we first all started playing together and i played with with ron and um, Tina played with Ron. I played with Mary. We were we were all very active, and it was really a great scene at, at some point. You know, you had so many venues, and that's really not the case anymore. So, and this pandemic has really thrown any semblance of a scene, you know, completely apart. So you're like talking even before COVID, like there wasn't wasn't you know as much of a scene as one might think. Well, yeah, because remember, you know what. All those clubs that, you know, we all used to play, you could play like five different, six different clubs that were for your kind of band that all your mm-hmm. friends want to go to. And they, you would jump between all these different clubs and you unband at this club and the same night run over there to see. Yeah. Like, I don't know where, what happened to that, but a lot of them closed. A lot of rents spiked up and I think these clubs couldn't survive it in New York. I, I, I don't know. It just, it was replaced by like, Dwayne Reed or something. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so there really weren't, you know, and it, it seems that, uh, I don't know what, I, I don't know what happened to, we try to think of where to play all the time. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easier, easier for us to, to find places, like to think of places that we want to play thinking out of the state. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. So- those, those, those clubs and, yeah. and the, uh, West Village, um, but you know, as far as as blues, no, it's not. Uh, you know, I I really don't know. 
you know, our, our own city, a city like New York changes and just keeps changing. And sometimes you don't know where where this is happening or that is happening. And and we spent a lot of time on the road mm-hmm. in Europe, you know, so there may have been a lot of things happening in New York that we were maybe not even in the, in the country for. You come back and you find out, you know, things have happened while you're gone. Yeah, I'm not I, I would say that I, I, I can't say I know of a scene or there's a strong scene here. Right. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, we're doing this. Um, we did a benefit a couple weekends ago. We did a live um, pre-recorded benefit for this club called Arlene's Grocery, which mm-hmm. has been around for now a really long time. I, I mean, it, it, it wasn't as, as old as CB's or the Continental or anything like that, but you know, a lot of bands played through there and they really tried very hard to keep a scene. Um, and you know, they're going out of business now. So us and a couple of other bands, um, you know, said, yeah, sure. We'll come in. We'll, we'll, we'll do anything we can do to help because, you know, it, it's, it's one of the last great venues that, you know, you feel like, Oh yeah, this is this, there's a scene here. Right. So is that that's the 131? It's going to be at the end of this month. Yeah. Benefit. Okay. Yeah. And and you said you were you pre-recorded that with some other bands. Yeah. Every because of COVID regulations, we we each had to go in each. I think it was only one band every okay. every day or maybe two, but they were it was all segregated and stuff like that. So they were really careful about it. We had to all show our COVID results to you know to get into the place and you know just it's the stark reality of all of it. Yeah. And, you know, it it is killing the live music scene. And we really hope that, that these, you know, these venues, these medium and small side venues can stay alive for the next couple months. So we can really get the music scene going once we have more people vaccinated and this, this COVID crisis really drops off. Um, It sounds like this Arlene's fundraiser gig is your next time to see you perform live. (laughs) Um, How how do, how do we go about to see you guys on, on that? That is a great question. <laughs> I can link on our website and okay. on our any of our pages that will take you to our means grocery and then you sign up for it and I, you get like a three day pass to view all of it. Great. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of the streaming performances that people are putting out right now. Once you purchase it, you do have kind of an extended time to see it in case you can't see it right. that night. So. Right. Um, we'll definitely make sure we find that link and help promote it on our, our uh, social media pages as well, too, for you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great club. It deserves it. You know, over my right shoulder, you see Skinner poster yeah. and the stones. And, yes, I do. Uh, you know, reading your reading that interview and chatting with your manager, he says, you know, you got to talk to him about Skinner. You know, and I know, you know, <laughs> what you guys said about really, you know, the two guitar tandem thing being influenced from the stones and the Skinner. So if you could elaborate on that it'd be great oh yeah you take a well it's just it, it can they came from childhood like i was young and fell in love with that band that became obsessed you know get you know, had every record and just like back you know each side so it's just uh and i knew that and that was so ingrained in me like all of the, like just the perfection. And I, I knew even as a kid that I was like, this is just damn near perfect. If it's not just perfect, 
you know, the musicianship is just ridiculous. It really is. It's just perfect. And I just, I, you know, you wonder, like, how long did they, how many takes did they do to get that? You know, like, it just sounded, it's just amazing. And, and I feel it, like, when I play in this band. I, I feel it in spirit, like, my love for that music. And then playing with, with Tracy and having us, like, write parts that remind me of that, you know, and, and give me that kind of feeling. Uh, and, and that's how, when he and I met, we talked about Skinner. Did we not? Was that fair? Sure. Yeah. 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 Like, wow, we're, you know, what are the odds of two of us growing up where we grew up and, you know, to be teenage girls listening, playing guitar in our rooms to Skinner? There aren't, you know, there, there can't be that many of us. Maybe there are. I hope there are. There just needs to be more teenagers in the rooms right now yeah. playing guitar and playing to Skinner in general. I know. My, my, you know, if I, right. it's so easy now to like play along. Like, oh, like it I, is. You know, I would, if I was a teenager, I wouldn't do anything, anything but like just play along to YouTube videos and, it's a whole new world. It's so much information at your fingers. Like instead of having to like listen to and and take the needle back and be like, oh, what, what is he playing there? Now you just can see it, or you can have five different guys show you it in their, you know, in their right. demonstration for free. <laughs> for free, <Yeah. laughs> exactly. That music is so good. It's just, so good. It's so good, and uh, you know, you can play it now and then just think like, this is still just. Better than everything. It's still better than everything. Well, it's extremely influential too, right? I mean, a lot of bands that came out in the '80s and '90s, guitar bands, they they are very clearly influenced by Skinner and a lot of those guitar bands at that time, which your band obviously included in that. Yeah, I mean, it's just such. A, I mean, I, I'm blown away every day. In fact, I just watched the documentary again last night. You know, I've watched it like 10 times now. I've also watched the um, Exile on um, Stones in Exile, that documentary, which I'm sure mm. you've seen. And I mean, I've seen that 20 times. It's just so mm. freaking interesting to see, like, this is what they did. This is what came out of them. And I feel like we have those moments too like oh wow that came out of us that's awesome <laughs> yeah you know listen listen to your music i would i'd see more clear influence i think with more of a stones or mm-hmm. you know the, the blues based rock more so than skinner but really you know you guys tell me the skinner story hearing how your two guitars interplay with each other uh particularly on songs like mama said with that outro where you guys are both oh, kind of trading you. off or playing in unison that song is amazing that outro is so good. I was listening to it a couple times a day. I was like, man, I just got to, I got to ask you, how did you guys come up with that? Like working together on, you kind of put that together. Yeeks. We never, you know, <laughs> so weird. We laugh about this. We never worked on that. We, wow. We never worked on that. And we never say, we never say words to each other. Like it just, like, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to try this. Why don't you try that? We have never in, in our entire since I've known you relationship ever said like words to each other about playing. 
Right. It's right. crazy. Yeah. Right. And then the parts of all, like, I didn't even know until we heard, we recorded somewhere, heard back in some way, that song and the outro part. And uh, I didn't even know what you were doing. I, I wasn't aware fully what you always loud. And I wasn't, because our parts evolve over time because we don't really set in stone write anything. And, you know, so it's not like written, written. So they're always evolving. And I was like, this just works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's it's yeah. really good. And I'm a sucker for codas or outros on song, whether it's Halela. Uh, Mama said, obviously, I kind of gravitated towards, and the Black Crows have a song called Oh, Josephine, where they go crazy at the end. And, like, listen to that song. Like, that's my new jam right now, is, is that Mama said, particularly when it gets to the outro. It's just, you can tell you guys have a good musical connection, guitar playing connection, when you listen to that track. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you yes. so much. And I'm a guitar snob too, so I can I can oh. say that. And be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Well, a uh, great thing about your band is like you you can hear all those influences, but you're still yourselves. I mean, you can go from you know that Stonesy rock and roll kind of thing and, and have some kind of punk feel and a lot of blues, but still be you. There's not a lot of bands like really like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it actually reminds me. Uh, the band we talked to last week, Junkyard from East Hollywood. You guys are very similar style to those guys, but uh, that's just I just you know want to compliment you on on just having that diversity. But you're still you sound like Jane Lee Hooker. Oh, thank you. That's a that's a great compliment. You know, we got asked to do um, to to submit our playlists, um, and we each had to submit like ten songs of our playlist, like what we're listening to and. So we put it all together and we were like, wow, yeah, that's that this is where it all comes from. Like this is what we're all listening to. And it's very varied and it it's it's actually pretty nuts, like all the weird different stuff we listen to. And then at the end of the day, the flavor is Jane Lee Hooker. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know flavor. <laughs> flavor. We'll be looking for that at Ben and Jerry sometime this yeah. summer, right? <laughs> What what flavor would that be? <laughs> so, so the name is obviously a tip to the hat of John Lee Hooker. Was that easy to come up with that? How did that come about? It's all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really are, are we had gotten this um, like residency just, just as we started for basically to have like a little blues band at this tiny, tiny little dive on Houston street. And uh, we were like, shit, you know, the, the club wants us to come once a week for a month. We got to decide on a name. And, you know, we, we covered at that time we were doing some muddy water covers and John Lee Hooker cover. And somebody must've said, somebody said in the band, like, how about Jane Lee Hooker? And we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then before we really had any time to think about it, we already had a fault. Like it happened so fast that we really had recognition. And then we were like, well, we don't want to change it, you know. Uh, but it really just was very organic and happened. And before we had a, a chance to like really think about it, but really it is or nod to playing, you know, the, the joy of playing that music. 
Yeah, you know, it's nice because it, it gives the, um, if you're new to the band or to kind of looking you guys up, it, it kind of nods to what kind of music you're really playing with really, really given, I think, credit to the, one of the greatest bluesmen that's ever been out there at the same For point sure. too, you know? And I will say though, if you have one of those, like an echo device or something, you have to speak very clearly so it plays your music and not John Lee Hooker. Cause I like, I almost threw oh. mine across the room the other day. Oh, that's it kept going. <laughs> no, they kept yeah. going. John Lee Hooker radio. I'm like, no, play Jane Lee Hooker, not oh. John Lee. Well, I'll tell you what has been really eye-opening is that you know we've toured extensively since 2015 all over the world, and we still get people who come up to us and say, okay, so your singer is Jane. Um, and they, you know, and, and they don't sure. get that we're, it's a reference to John Lee Hooker. Like, they don't know who John Lee Hooker is. And yeah. that's, I, I don't know how you could end up at a show somewhere to see a band and not know who Jane, uh, <laughs> not who, know who John Lee Hooker is. But Especially if you're a blues fan. So, if nothing else, you know, I try to think, I try not to be too disappointed, but I think like, oh, all right, well, somebody just now realized and that's better better late than never somebody can go back and learn from a service yeah so you guys kind of brought up the european thing we, we spoke to another blues artist a couple months back and he really spoke that in like europe blues music is really popular in fact it's a lot easier to play a bigger show a bigger festival over there than it is over here kind of you guys have played a lot overseas kind of I mean, what are you guys seeing and feeling? Is that consistent? I mean, what's what's the difference versus the American crowd? I think there's a huge difference. It's just, yeah, there's a, a huge enthusiasm for blues, and it's and it is kind of people of all ages. I'd say, yeah, people come out to see people a show. Come out. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder, you know, like and I'm not sure if it's blues that we have to see, or uh, blues music, or or live music, or if it's the American band that's in town and they just want to check a, an American band. I, I don't know what it is, but people out, you know, and, yeah. and it seems it doesn't take them a lot. It doesn't take a lot to get a club full, you know, and, yeah. you know, kind of event people want to go out and enjoy themselves. Love of the music or, you know, we realize there are fans, but, but, you know, it's, it, I feel that they're willing to go out and, and have a nice evening. You know, celebrate some um, more so than the states. I would say for sure. Would you? I mean, yeah. they come out every night of the week. Like, yeah. Even even when you're touring in the U.S., it's like, oh, nobody wants to give you a Monday or a Tuesday because you know people won't come out. But you know, they come out every night of the week, and they'll come out three times if you're right? if you're within. 300 miles of your show from the night before they'll they'll make that drive we've wow. had, had that yeah like a monday night like we've had great monday night shows it was so it's so very very much it's unbelievable yeah so much you know i never i never thought that i would take for granted the ability to play live music like you know, like, I always thought, like, well, no one can take this away. Like, you, this is, mm -hmm. this is you <laughs> always do this. Like, I'll just, I'll just go out and I'll 
I'll go on the road and I'll play my music, but I, I just never anticipated <laughs> the, the, the way the, yeah. taken away. So I don't know what the outcome is going to be other than I think there's a lot of pent up um, desire for music and going out and socializing and enjoyment. I mean, I think that has to be a result of this. I think you're right. A lot of the artists we've spoken to sort of have the same, I think, positive um, outlook on, on what's going to happen. And, and me as a music fan, I'm sure Brian as well, too, uh, we can't wait till we can get out and be around other people and enjoy live music and, and that scene again. And, you know, people, I think we'll probably hopefully see a rebirth of people enjoying live music, at least here yeah. in the States. I think so, too. I think so, too. Please. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm for sure ready. It's been since September of 2019 for me. Last show I saw was Blackberry Smoke, but um, oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great. We're hoping to get those guys on guys on at some point. Um, but uh, you guys are also uh, uh, references uh, being big fans of Johnny Winter and Big Mama Thornton. Oh so if yeah. If you could talk about them, that'd be great. Oh, I love Johnny Winter. We were I was at Johnny Winter last night, and that that was another on. You and I, Tracy. Yeah. Was Johnny went and Skinner, that was our convo. I just loved it. The first time I saw him, it was 1988 at, um, he was opening up for Greg Allman at the pier. In wow. City. Yeah. And I, and I was a fan before, but I, I, um, I hadn't seen him live yet. I was pretty young at the time. Right? And um, my brain opened up. And my head exploded. It was amazing. He was amazing. He had energy. He wasn't, you know, he was he wasn't sitting down, you know, like he was in the later years in, in a chair. He was standing up. Um, super energy. Just never stopped. Just never stopped. Being so killer in the entire show, beginning of the show, the end of the show, so good. And then I just kept seeing him whenever he was on. I would. He was so influential to me. And Tracy, and then we saw him t together for your birthday. Yeah, and we got to, we were, we got to meet him on his tour bus and wow, and photo with him. <laughs> he said the funny. What did he say to us, T? When he was like, we were like Johnny, you know, we're in a band and and we we cover your your song Mean Town Blues, and he was like, you're, you you guys were in a band, and we were like, yeah, and he's like. All of you. <laughs> it was really, really, really cute. It was really, really sweet. It was funny. And then he passed away just a couple months after that. So thank God we got to do that. Nice. Yeah. But you know, when I was a, a kid, I was a, I was a drummer before anything. So I've been drumming since. Yeah, you know, I think I had a I had a kit by you know real kit by age five. And then as I got older and better, my parents would forbid me to play. <laughs> <laughs> the drums they got home from work and that's how really I started playing guitar because it was something I could do more quietly and not disturb everyone so when they came home from work I would switch to guitar and I pretty much taught myself how to play leads just playing to um Muddy Waters and Johnny Winter's Hard Again and I felt like I I had like a a sketch of the you know the pentaconic scale and um and I could sound good playing it. And then, you know, so that's how I kind of fell in love with both Muddy Waters and Johnny Winter. And I remember 
hearing um, some quote that Muddy Water said about like, you know, how many, like how fast Johnny is and how many, for every note that I play, Johnny plays 15. And so, and I was just thinking about that because I feel like sometimes Tina and I are so much like that. Like Tina jives and moves like Johnny Winter. It's so beautiful. And you can hear it in Jericho, that solo of yours in Jericho. Oh, oh my God. It is Johnny Winter, Steve Gaines worthy, like jumping and jiving. And I think about like, yeah, like I'm, I'm like muddy just playing my thing, and then you're like Johnny. It's it's really oh, beautiful. You have Johnny moments. You have billions of Johnny. Be- you know the, the, the more I can get, the better. But that <laughs> that solo knocks me out. Oh. Then I pinch myself and I go, I'm in that band. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good, perfect segue because you guys are on here to talk about your new single, new music video that's coming out on January 29th, and today is January 28th. For those of you who may be listening at a d- different date, uh, tell us a little. Tell, I mean, tell us a little about that single. How did it come together? Um, just all the details of it before it gets released to the public. Mm. It, the detail of how it, how the song was written. Well, Dana wrote the song. Um, and it, uh, I think on an acoustic guitar and then, it, you know, it came to the band and then it just, uh, it went through its Jane Lee hookerizing and, uh, it ended up sounding, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it evolved into rock, you know? Yeah. It really Yeah, did. for sure. It's a little bit of a departure from your more uh, structured or, or classic blues. It is like a, uh, like a seventies style rocker in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I think it turned into it just turned into like a, a rock song, and uh, Dana's vocals are incredible, and her lyrics are so good. You know, like she's just really, you know, the way things and her words just kind of just are so powerful that it has to be, it had to be like a strong rock song, you know. And uh, what say you? I need to see. Oh. Well, you know, we are blessed to have Dana, who is probably the most talented, one of the most talented people I've ever met. But you, Dana is somebody that you, you can strum a chord or try to tune or just like mess around for 30 seconds on a riff. And she like that will have a lyric and a melody that comes from some other place into her head. She'll write it down. She'll jot it down. She'll go, all right, I'm ready. That happened just when we were recording. In fact, Jericho, we were just kind of just getting line checks and uh, Tina started playing a riff. I joined in the band started playing and Dana's bam, like in and it's going to, yeah. it'll we'll record it. It's a, it's, I mean, I love that. I wish that was on the record. I know. She always, um, she writes constantly, she writes beautifully, and you can give her anything and she can make it her own and give us something to sink into to come up with something that sounds like Jay Lee Hooker. It's yeah. amazing. I've, I've never seen anything like it. It's really a blessing. Such a talent. Talk about the moment where she walked into the room the first time. Because she is a powerhouse. I mean, it's like, 
amazed. Like, just so, just mm-hmm. talk about that moment. Oh, oh wow! It's actually a really. It was actually a really important moment. Um, like me and Dana, we always talk about it. So. Uh, she came in, she was there and I was running late. So I was the last person in the room. And uh, so I'm like running. I had, I guess my daughter was just born. So I was like, just always like 15 minutes late on everything for about a year. So I, you know, opened the door into the rehearsal space and I saw, you know, immediately her face was right in front of my face. And I was like, oh, hi. And it was in my heart, a connection with somebody that I knew and felt comfortable with like immediately it was like oh hey great you're here already like it wasn't like hi i'm dana hi i'm tracy and they call me high top it was oh hey awesome like i can't explain it it was sure. such a familiarity yeah wow i i didn't know we knew she could she was an amazing singer because we had seen some things. Like it was technically like an audition of some kind, but we both we we all knew it was like I hope this girl wants to be in our band. We were looking for think that we tracked her down, but we had seen some YouTube's, so we knew that her voice was insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we knew, you know, as soon as when she came in the room, this was good, but it was it exceeded. I I, I was um, I was amazed. I had chills. I was yeah. just. Oh, she wants to do this, and she and she, and she did. And so she, really, the, the oh, go ahead, Tracy. She still like gives me the chills, and she still blows me away because we'll like you know when we tour, we we book all of our days, so we don't we don't want days off, which is really really hard for singers. You know, they you know most singers complain like I need a day off to rest my voice. That girl will go up there. I mean, for thirty days in a row, she, she won't sing one bad note. Like it is like physically for her, whether it's just her determination or she will mm-hmm. force her. Like she will, and it doesn't. I mean, obviously it's not forced, but she she can. She's got the power every yeah. night after night after night. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, you two had an instant connection with your playing. You bring in. Uh, Dana, and you have an instant connection with your playing. So really, this band was almost just like there was not a whole lot of forcing things together. It just kind of naturally got there, right? Yeah, and I think that's probably the you know the secret to our success is that they're in all different combinations. There's chemistry that's right. long-standing. Like Mary and I have played, you know, we we played in a hardcore band that was managed by Hilly Crystal, and you know. Oh, wow, from CBGB's, right? Yeah, he was our manager, and he released our record, (laughs) and we got, you know, our rehearsal space was literally in the basement of CBGB's, and we toured toured the world together, and, you know, um, so the the history and and the the love is is there, Um, and and Ron, my God, don't even get me started about Ron, so we've all, I mean, Ron is my favorite, I'm a, I'm a drummer, you know, and Ron is literally my favorite drummer lot that I personally know that is alive. Like I love Stuart Copeland also, but yeah. I don't know him. Ron is Ron, yeah. my favorite drummer. He's perfect in every way. And he's a songwriter's drummer. Um, and we've, I know I've played in many bands with him. He played with Tina. He played with me and Tina. So it's all, it's all there, you know, we, we love, we joke that if we weren't on tour or in a band 
together, we would take vacations together. Like we would choose to travel with with each other. Yeah, because we are friends. We're old friends. Like, well, we're. And, and Ron is Ron's the newest <laughs> member of the band too, right? Did he did yeah. he come on last year? He came. It's we're actually we're gonna have our one year anniversary with Ron pretty soon. Um, and the first thing he did was um, he recorded. Uh, we recorded some demos together and he was just mind blowing, but yeah, it's almost a year. Uh, and when we called him because our drummer had quit, you know, I called him like, Hey, do you want to like do this demo with us? And he, you know, he was like, of course. And we found out like the next day that he actually lives on the same block as Dana. Like they, oh, wow. they live literally like a, it was meant to be. Other. So it's just <laughs> mind-blowing. We get so, very lucky in that way. Tracy, how does being a drummer play into your guitar playing, or does it or not, or would, does that play into your guitar playing? Like, do you hear a drum beat first, or does that play into it at all? I, I think that it does. Um, I think that I have a tendency, whether it's, good or bad to like sometimes treat guitar parts like drum fills so um i try i don't i don't i don't know i don't know if it's to my benefit i i (laughs) 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 or to anyone else's benefit it's probably very annoying but um i mean I don't, I, the answer is I just really don't know. I'm not sure if yeah. there's any benefit to it. Yeah. <laughs> Tina, is it annoying? She said she doesn't know it's annoying. Now, now's the time to be honest. No, no. <laughs> this is the perfect time for me to tell you that. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> no. So, talk about, uh, there's a band, Blue Bonnet, that's got Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's that you guys have become friends with. Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, the Blue Bonnets. I mean, Kathy Valentine is somebody that I, I mean, she was in the Go-Go's. I, the, the Go-Go's blew my mind when I was a kid yep. so for the police. And I, you know, I was there to see Stuart Copeland. And then there's this cool, you know, all-woman band that comes out at Nassau Coliseum. And then the next night at Madison Square Garden. And I think that's when I made the connection, like, oh, wait, I can play as good as Stuart Copeland. And I can be on stage because these girls are like so. Maybe I could, maybe I could fashion myself a little career out of it. <laughs> so that's where like the thought came from. Like I did, I never really, you know, every all of my idols were um, male rock and rollers at that point. And until I saw the Go Go's on stage looking cool and badass, um, that was really like it hit home. Like, oh wow, I can do this. I don't have to. I don't have to be anything other than what I am, but uh, which obviously should have probably <laughs> dawned on me earlier. But that it was at that moment that I was like, wow. So to getting to meet Kathy, you know, many many years later, was just you know amazing. And she's such a true musician. You know, she loves playing music. She loves playing guitar more than anything, um, and so supportive of young acts and you know, never grows tired hearing how, you know, she's changed so many musicians' lives. 
Great band. I, I love the Go-Go's, and I think they yeah. were the first all-female rock band to have a number one album, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. guys seen the um, the Go-Go's documentary that came out a couple months ago? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, it's I really, really good. Yeah, Belinda Carlisle's solo pop career is a guilty is a guilty pleasure of mine being a rock guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I admitted that on a Christmas podcast, by the way, when we were going around with the uh, Black Crows podcast guys talking about guilty rock guilty pleasures, and that was mine. <laughs> well, no, sh- no shame in that. It, That's what they said. No shame. <laughs> so we also have some mutual friends, and I, and I was very pleased to read about it. But uh, uh, you guys did some shows with the Steepwater Band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Such we good booking agent. We shared a booking agent for yeah. a little. Yeah. Um, Joe, Joe says hi. By the way. <laughs> Oh, he's such a great guy. They're 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 amazing. They um we did I think one or two shows with them, and I mean they were just inspiring. That they're such great guitar players. Um, their songs are great. They have so much heart, and they are they're out there doing it. You know they um they work so hard. Um, really hard working band. Yeah, yeah. They deserve all good things right they really really do well it sounds like you guys work pretty hard too and and for those of us that don't know you know well we know like these days there's not a big record industry anymore there's not a big record company to push and pay and promote for everything so you guys are all out there and you mentioned steep water and you guys yourselves and there's several bands that are out there just you know you know knocking it out in the trenches and you guys aren't out there getting rich or anything i mean so like I'm very impressed by that, the fact that it, it really shows true love for music, you know, I mean, and just, you know, what, just from your experience, like what, you know, besides the love of the music itself, like what it keeps you going, you gotta be like, it seems like it's really strong. I'm sure there's a lot of moments out there where maybe you gotta do like some radio thing early in the morning or, you know, like it just, what, what can you, you know, elaborate on that keeps you going in that? which we're very glad for, very grateful for. Oh, yeah. Um, it's every every part of it I enjoy, you know, and I, I don't grow tired. And I certainly hope I wasn't taking it for granted all the, you know, like I don't, you know, like I don't care how many hours of sleep I get if I'm on tour, like I'm, I'm happy, you know. <laughs> but we don't take it for granted because we say every day we wake up on the road, we say how happy we are. Oh, and Absolutely. Yeah, I just never thought that it could ever stop. <laughs> that part, I don't I think just, anybody did, right? I mean, yeah. nobody did. Entertainment and just general gone. We are the we are so happy on tour. It's it is ridiculous. <laughs> that when fans talk about like, oh, we were fighting so bad and this happened and that happened, I can't even fathom that happening. Yeah, yeah. you know, we love going to the gas station like that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> these days I like going to the gas station too because it means I got out of my house. <laughs> right. We find something funny in every minute of every day when we're on tour, and we really delight in all of the moments, like waking up and like <laughs> in whatever condition, and getting coffee and just hanging out and then rolling. I, we there is no part of being on tour that I don't like. Even after. Right? 
shows. Yeah, we're, we don't want to go to sleep. We want to keep hanging out in one room, you know. Yeah. Maybe other bands do this. I mean, I have... How, other what bands do, do this, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just know that um, it's like, it's the farthest thing from a chore or, to, you know, and it gets, you know, it could be bewildering in ways where you wish you could be doing more. There's always, you should always, you know, we're, we'd always, we'd always like to do more. So we're not just, so, sure. you know, where we wish, you know, you know, we might wish things were better circumstances or conditions. Yeah. It's never not completely fun. You know, we're all having a blast. Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. smile. <laughs> You're, yeah, you guys are smiling, talking about playing boring. So. <laughs> oh. Can't see us smiling. Only you guys can. <laughs> right. You know. Well, Brian and I have face for podcasts, so we're better off in, in this media than anything else. Um, <laughs> uh, going back to pre-COVID times a little bit, I kind of have a little bit of a two-part question. First, first part is kind of last couple of years. You guys have been around since 2015 playing. Really, what has the rock or blues crowd really looked like, the live music crowd, um, these four or five years since you guys got going? Have you seen an increase, more interest? Like, what's it look like? That's a really good question because we, we, we're very lucky in the respect that we can be added to different types of venues right, uh, and festivals. So, like, we can get asked to do a punk rock show we can get asked to do a complete blues festival. Mm -hmm. We can get asked to do a rock and roll festival. So we have all these different places that we're plopped into that we love equally. And, um, you know, I think as far as blues and, and rock, I mean, I, I, I feel like, and I, and I hope that there is a turn back towards, you know, classic rock that, that people have not been playing. You know, I think bands like Blackberry Smoke, um, you know, who are, I would love, I love, um, yeah. you know, uh, the Almond Betts band, like we opened right. up for them for a couple of shows and that was amazing. And, you know, we did really well with their crowd. So mm -hmm. the great thing about this band is that we can be placed anywhere and we have fun and, and crowds, were, you know, really respond to us. Um, and I think overall, you know, people just really want to, people are there to be entertained. They, they want to get excited. Um, I remember going to my first concerts and just being so freaking excited, like feeling every cell in my body exploding, watching great bands. And I think that that is what is going to, hopefully that is the future of what live music is going to be just at least getting that experience back, making it some, you know, people have to be tired of watching bands on YouTube by now. And especially after sure. COVID, my God, right. you know, nobody's sweating on you. Nobody's like <laughs> singing next to you. It, 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 I, well, I think that's what the, you know, what'll happen in all genres. I think so too. But really for what you guys are doing, a lot of the bands and artists we have on this podcast, there is not there is not a a marketing push or anything. It is word of mouth. It is social yeah. media. It's things like this. So it is really hard to to find out about these great bands. I mean, I I'm lucky that Brian brought me on because now I'm learning a lot about bands like you guys and, and Steepwater Band and all these people. Where you know, if you turn on the radio, you don't see it. If you go to cable, I don't even know if cable plays music anymore. I know MTV's been dead, but there, there's not. I mean, you have a lot working against against you, and there is a 
ton of good music going on right now yeah. too. I'm just hoping that the audience are finding and coming and going to grow and keep keep this kind of good music alive. Well, I will say this, you know, we're very thankful to, you know, to the Almond Betts band. I think for some of these bands, it's hard to, um, or it's different for them to have an, a, an, you know, a female fronted band open for them or, you know, Almond Betts were so gracious about like giving us the opportunity and the time. And I mean, Listen, you guys know all these people. We're mm-hmm. Jane Lee Hooker is ready for you know. Talk to Blackberry Smoke. Ask them. <laughs> We'd love to go on tour with you know, and we can do 120 days of smiles and fun. <laughs> you know? We're at you know. So hopefully that you know that's in store for us, and hopefully we will get the opportunity to play with a lot of great bands in front of a lot of great people. Yep, I hope so. Same for you guys as well too. So. Now getting around to part two of my question, I think both of you made a start of playing bands at some point in the late 90s. Is this correct? Yeah. So what was the scene like then when we still had a lot of marketing, media, you go on cable, MVH1, MTV's playing. Was it a different scene then versus kind of what it's been the last couple of years? A different scene as far as like uh, like uh, live? Like, yeah, yeah, like having people come out, like having more accessibility to finding out about you, like driving that kind of live experience. You know, I you know it's hard to tell because I mean I, I had a different brain then and my perception of things. I just know that you know back and I say that you know everybody's friend circle was mm-hmm. you, you know because you're going out more. You're at an age where you're more yeah. so. So it seemed like, you know, you had this crew of friends and, you know, whatever band you were in, you were going to pack the place because you had so many friends and everybody was going right. out because no one gave a shit about if they made it to work the next day because they didn't, you know, <laughs> no, or they were, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you know, but as for, you know, how is, how are things changing? And, you know, everybody got their info. Like I in New York, it was like the Village Voice. You know, you would look in the Village Voice and see what bands were playing and then you knew what was going on and that's how you got your information. Now I think people look online and see what's happening and I hope people aren't so, you know, complacent in their homes being entertained with their devices that they don't feel the need to want to go out or, or um, I'm not even sure if I'm answering your question. You are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an open question. You can answer however you want to. And how things have changed with accessibility or how, how people... Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's what's the what's the difference between you know 1988, 1999 versus 2020, not 2019? Mm-hmm. Is there a difference? Well, I mean, I think you know, being 21 and like having that be your life is so much different. So I think it's also timing in your life. Like we were lucky enough to to like have our wild young times in New right? York. In New York City when it was amazing. Now, keep in mind, like, the generation before us, the people who went to CBs in, like, the Mm -hmm. 70s, they say the same thing. You know, they're like, well, we were lucky enough to have the greatest time in New York City. Um, You know, but at least for us, there were lots of venues, and people really liked rock and roll. And, you know, young people, you know, 
early 20s were out all night. You know, that's what New York City is for. You know, everything closes at four and then the after parties till six. So it's hard to, you know, somewhere in New York City that is happening. I don't know what music they're listening to, but they're they're definitely up to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that, you know, about social media, obviously there's a lot of things on social media that aren't the best for us. But the one thing that's great about it is is finding out about music. I mean, I literally there was someone else that I was listening to on Rough Records so I'm like, well, I'll go on the artists, you know. So I'm like, and usually what'll get my attention is a cool name or a band that looks like a band. And you guys had both. And that's <laughs> like just how I've, you know, and I'll go on like, you know, every city has a blues society, you know, and of all places, you know, I came across this band called Hawthorne Hawthorne Roots from Missoula, or no, Bozeman, Montana, you know. Just just looking all over, you know, just trying to find you know, and, you know, once again, like, is, is that a cool name? Okay, I'm going to check that out. They look like a band. They sound great, you know. I mean, so it's just great. That's how I basically have found out about a lot of stuff. Just going on, typing in, like, whatever, like, Cincinnati music scene or whatever city it might be. And you just go through their artists and, you know, all of a sudden you find out. And it's so great that there's all these bands, you know, that that, you know, most people probably haven't heard of. Because there's not the big, you know, record industry behind it. But I mean, you know, it's just great to, to find out about you guys. Like, not way, it's awesome. Oh wow! Thanks Thank you for for doing it. I mean, I I I think it was. I'm sure it was from you guys that I learned about like um, them, Dirty Roses. Oh yeah, great band. You 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 are really part of it and keeping it going because I don't think that I would have fallen upon them any other way you know but there you know there are no shows going on and nobody's on tour and um it's really important what you're doing so thank you yeah. thank you thank you we're, we're glad to help out i mean you know really and you guys were talking about social media and youtube earlier like for me though when i watch a band like say your band on youtube that makes me more interested to go out and see you guys play live too it's yeah. like this is a good band I got, you know, you got to see this live. So I'm hoping with this new generation, this tech savvy generation, that is helping drive them that like, yeah, these guys are cool. I want to see what that's like in person. Like that's, that's my hope. Yeah. 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 Mine too. Jason lives close to Columbus. I got to go about three hours to Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in Ohio, <laughs> right, right by Columbus by way of Cincinnati. Nice. We did the blues fest there. We were actually supposed to do it. In February, but it was canceled. The Cincinnati Blues Fest. It's a great festival. Yeah. Cincinnati yeah. has a good blues scene. They've always had a, a good blues scene yeah. for a lot of years. So it, that's a great show. Hopefully they'll pick you back up when, when things get nice and safe. I'll come down and come down and watch you guys play. Yeah. Is that an interview, what do you, I can't remember which one of you mentioned the Bayfront Blues Festival in Duluth. Minnesota. Oh. I lived there for five years. I've been to that festival quite a few times. Sounds oh. cold. Good festival, yeah. No, it's in August, dude. <laughs> um, my in-laws have been going to the Bayfront Music Festival for like something like twenty years. Mm -hmm. So when um when they found out, like I was like, we we sent our stuff in for Bayfront. They were they were so like I they couldn't have been more proud that that you know we might be playing at their festival. That's you know, like they've made it a ritual for twenty years probably. So uh, we uh -huh. haven't been there yet, but we will. Let's go. I have a backpack at the front door. We're all we're all ready for it all to come back. I, re I really am. Like I'm just as 
you know, you guys do this for a living. I'm just a fan. Like, I know I'm ready, and I'm sure you guys are, too. Yeah. It, it's going to happen quick. There's gonna, it's all of a sudden we're going to be yeah. like a weird. Well, I think we're uh, winding down here, so I usually throw it to Jason for he's got any odd questions. or okay. he, gives, he gives it to me at the end to get, you know, random stuff. So um, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll start out a little bit more serious. So. Both of you, and we'll start with you, Tina. Let's talk a little bit about your gear setup. What, what kind of uh, guitar are you using right now? What kind of amp are you going through? Any pedals you like? I have a Tele Deluxe. Yep. Uh, 28 Tele Deluxe. Yep. I have guitar. I have one guitar uh, that I use on stage. Um, I have others. Um, I have a Strat. I'm looking at a 59 Guild right now. I have a Firebird, I have a Les Paul, but my Tele Deluxe is my is my amp, and um, I mean it's my is my guitar. As far as amps go, um, I have a, um, a seventy seven high watt head. That's it's it's like it's hot rotted, so it's I mean it's still super loud, and that's sure. crazy. Um, I don't get to use that as much. I have a Fender Deluxe combo that like for for gigs where. We just have to use something s small, uh, you know, that certain things, certain situations. But that's really my main app. And then there's that Music Man that I've been playing through. Uh, what, what, what? Is it Ernie Ball? No. No, it's a Music Man. It's a seven. Oh, Music Man guitar. Okay. No, no. Oh, amp. no. Amp. Oh, the amp. Oh, the amp. Gotcha. Yeah. Like Johnny Winters. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think Ernie Ball has like a Music Man guitar line or something like that. Don't they like... um? They merged recently or something, like okay. within the last 10 years. But Tina's rig is, um, it's uh, a head and a 2x12 cabinet. They're both like early 70s. And it's, you, the head. You, you got that sound, that tone. Oh, it's it sounds, it's amazing. Found it on, I don't know where you found that. I, I, I love gear, so yeah. I, find, I find things and then I, and then I buy them and I justify it by saying, well, Tina, you, you need this. <laughs> <laughs> so you find it for her, I'm, not yourself. She's like, uh, not you. She's it's, it's, it's not good, but. <laughs> and your Tally Deluxe too is humbuckers, right? Not, it's it not is, good. Yeah. 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 As I know, it's stock humbuckers, and you know they probably need to be. This probably like a term. It's a great tone, though. It really does have that '70s rock real tone to it. And, and Tracy, you like same thing. I think you're playing through a Les Paul, but go ahead and tell me about kind of your setup. Um, so I have a a, a couple Les Pauls. I have uh, what the one I like the most is a '76 um, Deluxe. Um, with humbuckers. Then I have a 71 Deluxe with P90s, and those are my two go-tos. And then I have a, a 68 Les Paul Custom that looks like a that, an SG with trip, with three humbuckers, and that I record with that a lot. It sounds it sounds sick. Huh. <laughs> Don't get me started. And I played through um I played through an orange an orange rocker verb. Um, and I have a, you know, the four twelves or I have two twelves depending on where we're going and who's carrying it. <laughs> well, 
But I mean, you guys really do have these these classic setups with your with your guitar and your amps and too, and it really comes out in the music that you're playing. Like especially again, going back to this new single Jericho, it, it sounds just like straight up like a '70s arena rock. Or the the dual guitars, like the big hook and the chorus, and like I mean, you know, you can you can kind of tell that what you guys are playing on that. It's it's great. I love it. it just brings me back. Thank you so much. And you know, we're not we're not using any pedals. So we don't use pedals. Like every now and then, if we play okay. a place where um, where we have to bar, you know, we're using like a backline or something, I'll bring a, a gain pedal just to make sure I can get a little crunch out of it. Mm-hmm. But generally, you know, like when we show up at Soundcheck, the sound men are always like, "Okay, so where's your um pedal bo- board?" And we're like, "Yeah, we don't we don't have a pedal board." Straight through, yeah. And yeah, we right just. On. Okay, now we'll go to the weird stuff. Tina taught me that. Just Tina. go right, just go right straight to the amp. Okay, the what? Just just running right to the amp, right from the guitar, no pedals. Um, sometimes a tuner, but that's it. Tuner. <laughs> oh, that's important. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen to your stuff too. Both of your albums, like, there's no wah or anything really. There's no like delay. I guess it's pretty yeah. much just just straight. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's nothing better than like a really good amp and a really good guitar. That's all you need, and a good chord. Absolutely. Okay, now now the weird stuff here. Not really weird stuff, but more fun stuff. So, and Tracy, we'll start with you this time. Um, What is? Give us a good tour or playing story when it's something really went well or really went poorly. Oh my God. Let's and if crimes have been committed, please use allegedly and don't use real names. <laughs> well, I there. I mean, we have so many great stories. I'm sure I tell you all day, but I will say in particular, there was this one night that it was pretty early on, and we were um, we were on tour in the West Coast, and we were playing Pappy and Harriet's, which is it's in Pioneer Town in close to Joshua Tree. Okay. So it's out in the middle of the desert and it is just the funkiest, like weirdest vibe ever. And you, you, so there's the club and then there's a house that they give the band. And we, we went into the house and uh, they have like a turntable and they had uh, the Almond brothers playing. And it was just like, like it was a very mystical night, but we had a great show. And then I don't know, we, I don't know if it was the altitude or what, but we went on to have like the most fun night that was the longest night ever. Like it, we had like 10 different hilarious things happen in one night. Like we met a horse, we walked in <laughs> on an orgy. We got, repeat that. What did you walk in on? We walked, we walked in, in on a, we walked in on some crazy scene and I, I how does that happen? Like, is it just like a closet door you open? Like, no, I mean, where's this like going we were, on? We went to meet someone at their room, somebody that we knew, and little do I mean, it wasn't a full up. There was nobody naked, but I mean, when we left, I'm sure there were. But I was, try- I had well, lost my voice earlier in the night. I had lost my voice, so I could barely talk. So I, I went in. I walked in. And then I tried to stop everybody else from walking in, in the band. And I was like, don't go in there. <laughs> I couldn't even warn them because. And, and we didn't know what. 
the 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 whole cops thing with the with the it doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 Tina, please use allegedly and no real names. We do not want to be sued. No, it wasn't. It wasn't any. It wasn't that. You know. <laughs> But it was weird because it was like literally in the middle of the desert. So the sky was crazy. And the, the atmosphere, like just being outdoors and looking up, it, it really did feel like we were on another planet. And then we walked into like somebody had parked their horses there. It was it was just the most fun night ever. It sounds like you walked in on a David Lynch movie. It was it was from a, like you could write a somebody could write a movie about those. It wasn't that many hours. It was only like six hours, but it. It was just like the longest, most fun dream ever. We, we need a song about that with the accompanying music video at some point where you use that imagery. Then when we woke up, we realized we were <laughs> Oh, yes. So when we woke up, we realized it was like the on the movie set of like where they filmed Westerns. So it oh, was no like kidding. Ghost Town, but we didn't see that because it was so dark. Right. <laughs> and then we woke up, I was like, there's more weird now like (laughs) (laughs) that's right so we're walking through this like movie set that looks like a like a western town and it is pioneer town and we start seeing movement behind the windows so these look like sets but we see like we see some movement behind the windows and then some guy came out he's like come on in i live here in pioneer town let me tell you all about pioneer town and then we went into his, remember we went into his house and he showed us, yeah, but it, <laughs> he showed us the documentary he made about Pioneer Town. Bottom line is, everybody, please go to Pappy and Harriet's yeah. about Pioneer Town. You will yeah. not be disappointed. Bring some peyote. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you guys eat yeah. part of the <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. This is all like a couple all of Corona lights. Yeah, <laughs> this is all on Corona. A couple of two or three Corona lights, and everything else took care of itself. <laughs> That's a great story, um, yeah. Tina. For you, for your weird question, or not really weird mm-hmm. question, but different. If you could step on a stage and play with any band or artist for one night, who would it be? Uh, All My Brothers Band. Oh, oh. That's yeah. awesome. It, it would have to be. It would have to be. Okay, who? What would you? What parts would you play for the Almond Brothers band, though? What What parts? Yeah, like, are you doing Dicky? Are you doing Dwayne? Like, what are you doing? Who are you doing? Eldest dreams. I would be, you know, um, I wouldn't want to play with Dwayne. So Dicky, I would want to be Dicky. You do the Dicky parts with Dwayne, yeah, just so I could play with Dwayne. But then again, I'd want to be in Leonard Skinner. So, if you asked me this question twice. My two answers would be <laughs> and Leonard Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. What would be the one song you'd be most stoked to play out of out of either band, both bands? Names for Allman Brothers or Mount No Mount Mountain Jam. I think, oh, for, okay. And probably for Skinner. No, I'm not allowed to answer twice. I'm not going to do this to the game. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you guys could really. You know, you said you're very versatile and get on a lot of just different um, shows. Like, you guys could be probably one of the jam band shows, particularly with your like and ability to extended solos and even pay homage to some of that classic rock, southern rock, too. You guys thought about doing that? Call me. Yeah. (laughs) We've done Mountain Jam twice or three times, and we just had, like, the best time. It's, It's a great, great festival. 
Right. We did do, we did play Magic. You know is that, that is that Asheville? Where's that one held? It's in uh, New York. New York. Oh, in the is it the Poconos? Uh, it's, in, uh, it's in the Catskills, right? Catskills. What's the town? It's on Hunter, in, Hunter um, Mountain. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Mountain. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. is the Poconos. Warren Haynes' thing, uh, festival. That's right. That's then. That's why because he's from Asheville, right? And that's why I figure figure is Asheville. Thinks so. I think I believe he is. Yeah, Asheville. Okay. I don't know where he lives now. He was very, very kind to us. He was really a gentleman, really super nice. Took a lot of, went out of his way to like just connect with us. It was very cool. I mean, you guys would do great touring with Government Mule for sure. Like with your okay. loves of the blues and everything, that would be awesome. Please tell them. Yeah. <laughs> if we <laughs> talk to Warren, definite. I will tell him that. That's definite to Warren. So maybe that's it's possible. Would love that for sure. Oh. Most guys are into like fantasy football and stuff. I'm always like fantasy rock promoter. Right. I put you on some cool tours. <laughs> Where could we move people to? Um, that's it for, for the Jason portion of the show. Um, one before <laughs> I was, you know, sometimes there are weirder questions than that, but I was, I was, I was pretty tame. I've been drinking my green, green tea. So I'm kind of mellow. Yeah. Before we close out the show and everything, uh, tell us a little bit. Where can we go to find out about your music, listen to your stuff, see tour dates, get merch? Tour dates? Well, you know, you've got your your uh, your gro- your um, your grocery store gig or your Arlene's fundraiser coming up. Yeah. Future State. Uh, all of that can be on our site, right? Yeah, our website has all our merch and has lists of everything. And then, you know, we're on all the social media that is a you know out there in YouTube and we do it all. Yeah. <laughs> so Jane Lee Jane Lee com. Yep. And then the YouTube page, uh, we got on Twitter, we on Instagram. What else are we doing? We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I believe we have a TikTok account now. <laughs> I've never know. used TikTok. My kids I, are teenagers. They use it. I've never been on it. My daughter is very impressed that we have a TikTok. I'm, I couldn't even tell you how to do that, but we'll, we, you know, we'll promote everything through our our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well too. Awesome. I did go on, I did go on your site today. I bought your cool uh, T-shirt and some stickers, so oh, I'm excited you. about that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I start. I like the stickers. The stickers. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Well, well I, I, go ahead, Brian. I've got both your both your CDs, so I, I'll be getting some other merch too for sure. Thanks. That's that's mighty kind of you both. Any last words about this Jericho song or album release or anything you want the audience who listen to this podcast to know? Listen and like, you know that um, the song. It it means a lot to us as something that's you know after all of this time pandemic. You know we really put a lot of, of energy and good vibes and deep sure. feeling into this recording of this song. And, and, um, it means a lot to us, you know, yeah. to check it out. Uh, it's catchy. I still have it in my head. I listened to it a couple of times today. Great watched song. the video. Man, it really does pay homage back to those classic arena rockers of the 70s and 80s. And, like, it's it's great. So everybody listening, go out, check out the single. Um, is there a record EP or anything coming out in the future? Yeah, we're going to do – another single is going to be released in May. And then I guess the the EP is coming out in, I think Greg said July. 
So mm-hmm. we'll, have, you know, we'll have a lot of material coming out. I guess we're trying, um, we're trying to time it so that it, you know, hopefully some of our tours that were canceled, you know, will be back in play and we're trying sure, to work sure. it all out. But yeah. we should mention that it was pr- um, produced by Matt Chiaravelli, who is a, our great friend and uh, a supporter of the band since the beginning. He's, we love him so much and he really gets us. He's a great producer. Um, and I had some other point and I don't remember what it is. It's gone. <laughs> Well, he's worked with some big names, too, like Bonamassa, Warren Zevon, Courtney Love, right? He's a great guy. Excellent at what he does. And he's truthfully, truthfully. And, you know, he makes us sound great. And uh, and he really gets us. And the re- recording process is, we just, we have a, we've worked with him so much that we really have, a, like, a kind of a thing with him, you know? We know. He did both albums for you, too, right? Produced both? Yeah. He did. He did. And he produced... Helder Auto. Uh, he, we've worked with him for for many years. Yeah, he's he's been with us a long time. He's he's a great guy. So the Helder Auto you guys played in is not the one that's like from Norway or whatever, right? That's yeah. out there now. Oh, they are imposters. They're imposters. Correct. There was also a Helder Auto on like the on the west coast, maybe in Washington, who contacted us and they were like, "Hey, we're Helder Auto from Washington." And we're oh like, man. Yeah. We're from New York. My band had to change our name because we had an imposter group. We were originally called the Rebel Set. We had to change our name to Ghost Town Silence because there was a band out of Tempe, Arizona called Rebel Set that was actually touring and doing stuff, and they wanted to use the name. They were dicks about it, so we gave them the name, and we wrote a song called Imposters about that band as we're band. So that's what you guys need to do. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'll send you guys a link to the song. You know, later on you can listen to it. That's so great. You were so cool. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm a huge fan of you guys. I know Jason is too. I love your music. Fantastic band. You guys are badass. So thank you so much. We have Tracy Hightop. And I want to make sure I get your last name right, Tina. Tina Gorin or Gorin? Gorin. Tina Gorin. Paul from Jane Lee Hooker, the new single. It's called Jericho. We're gonna. I'm gonna get this episode uh, edited. We'll be out at 11 p.m. tonight, Central 12, Time, 12 a.m. Eastern Time. And thank you so much. And we can't wait to hear more from you and chat with you guys again. This has been just an absolutely a blast. Thank you and, so uh, much. That was we'll super- chat. Thank you. So much well, fun. Much. We'll chat for a few more minutes after we get done rolling here. So, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Peace and love. Well, we just got done talking to uh, Tracy Hightop and Tina Gurin from Jane Lee Hooker for the episode here coming out in a few hours. A couple hours. First one ever. Like, this is our quickest turnover. Right, right. That was awesome. That was a very, very awesome conversation. I can't say enough about them. Oh, man. Just coming well, off really, talking to Junkyard and then talking to to those two and Jane Lee Hooker is just so similar styles from for those similar two styles, uh, yeah. twin guitar attacks that that blues that hard blues with that seventies and eighties rock kind of to it like it's these are the type of bands the type of music I really love the most out of anything. Yeah, that was just just fan fantastic fantastic, you know I really like that you know they know the guys in Steepwater Band and. You know, we chat with those guys and uh, 
Joe, the drummer, has been on the show before, and and just uh, their you know their love of John, of Johnny Winters and and Big Mama Thornton and uh, Skinner, the Stones. It's just right right in our wheelhouse. Perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah, and it was nice having both both of, of them on the show show because they're guitarists and to talk a little bit about how they they you know play together because they're both lead players and how the music came about, their history. Um, it's really interesting because usually, you know, you don't really get the, the two guitar players or even see a lot of two guitar player bands that much anymore either. And, you know, I like how they complimented, you know, the guitar players and Skinner and the Almond Brothers. And uh, you guys will get to hear a really funny, well, you guys have already heard a really funny tour story from Joshua Tree. Um, so, uh yeah, this is what a great episode. I'm just almost kind of speechless. Yeah, and I will say too, and remind everybody, go out and check out that Jericho single. Uh, get it, download it, check out the video. It, it's a really good song. I mean, it's it's different than their first two albums, which the first one was a blues cover album. The second one was all originals with you know strong blues influence. This is a straight up rocker, and it, it has got a really catchy hook. I mean, Brian, what do you think? Oh, it's a great song. You know, I've I've had it in my head, which is a good thing. Uh, yeah, fantastic song. Just it's really really uplifting and positive and great and the video looks fun and uh, i just can't wait to see them live you know just super yeah. super super nice two people there with uh yeah and if you, and you know everybody likes what the, you know the single likes what you heard today uh go on their website or in the social media pages They're, they have that um, benefit going on january 31st we can watch stream and help help them save one of the the rock places they like too so i definitely try to check that out and help out yeah, and that's Arlene's Grocery, right? Arlene's Grocery, and they said it should be on their social media page and probably on their their website as well, too. So that was Jane Lee Hooker, Tracy and Tina from Jane Lee Hooker, the single coming out. Well, it's out now officially tomorrow, but out it's out now, and you're going to hear it now. The Our World premiere of Jericho from Jane Lee Hooker is coming up right after this, so... The only thing left to say is always remember Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time. So tired, hoping 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 